Courtney, we have another guest in of front of us today. You. Today we have Chuck Ambrose, okay. who's the CEO of KnowledgeWorks. Welcome. Well, oh, Courtney, Matt, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, uh, to be with you who are doing the work, uh, a lot of energy. So I'm glad to talk to you for a few minutes. Amazing. Thank you. So can, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you came to KnowledgeWorks and, and what you do. Yeah, relevant to uh, your district in Maine, there's this guy by the name of Virgil Hammonds. I don't know if you've heard of him. Heard of him. Yeah, really? I think I know him. You know, I've, I've joined uh, a team of committed educators uh, who really do want to provide the kind of experiences that you're doing in Maine to individualizing learning to making the difference. And uh, I'm coming to this space on the other end of the continuum after 20 years of being college president. Uh -huh. uh, who both uh, understand that readiness makes a difference, but then you know, where do we fit in the continuum to life and work? Yep. And uh, very enthusiastic about the value of personalized learning to both competitiveness within uh, a higher education realm, but more particularly about that lifelong set of value and how to learn that your students will carry with them the rest of their lives. So one of the things, uh, from since you have a higher ed background, um, is, is one of the reasons you came to KnowledgeWorks uh, to help prepare kids for what, what is after public school. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to do, we're, we, we talk a lot about preparing kids for whatever is after. Right. Uh, and we know, we, we've heard all the stats about kids taking remedial courses in college and not being successful and a lot of public school bashing, as it were, because the old way we did school. Right. And which I don't necessarily disagree with. Right. You know, the old way we did school doesn't really work for kids. So with KnowledgeWorks, are you trying to, to build something that is a different way of helping teachers and school districts uh, prepare their kids. You know, uh, Matt, you're making a big assumption. The fact that I've been a college president, I know about higher education, but that's that's a whole other <laughs> a whole other podcast. podcast. Okay. Uh, and and actually, um, and I've not really. Uh, this is my first on goal. I'm yeah, energized yeah. by the fact of, of so much will to think about innovation and transformation and so many committed folks into the space because in a lot of ways this doesn't replicate itself in higher ed. I mean, uh -huh. you kind of have to acknowledge that you do have some challenges first before you sure. start to fix them. But, but actually, I kind of come at this more of a seamless continuation, seamless pipeline of learning, rather than thinking necessarily about the artificial kinds of designations that we make between like secondary, post-secondary. You know, you, you've got young people in your district uh, really uh, into the middle school continuum, into secondary, that there's probably a lot of things higher ed couldn't even teach them. Yes. They're yep. already equipped, yep. right? Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, so that, that gives an opportunity to think differently. And I'll be very specific, and I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing, but we had created a P16 accelerated pathway with 21 sending high schools, a community college, a higher ed partner, and 50 corporate leaders across the Kansas City region at the University of Central Missouri. Right with the, the sole purpose of blowing up the post-secondary model. Uh, that's cut the cost of college, reduce the time to a degree, yep. eliminate the skills gap, which is very real, and then uh, basically take away the reliance on student debt to pay. And we couldn't, yeah. higher ed can't do that by themselves. Right. And at the same time, uh, changes in the learner has, has made high school a different experience. Mm -hmm. So if you think about a seamless continuum of learning, 
we've been able to take with those 50 corporate partners, three-year paid internships, resources to help pay for both post-secondary credentials and a straight pipeline to work and accomplish something that's really extraordinary. Uh, half the cost, these kids graduate from high school with their associate's degree, they finish a baccalaureate in half the time. Uh, there is no skills gap. So three years proprietary engagement with work, uh, and obviously they don't have to package student loan debt. So as I came into contact with KnowledgeWorks, and they're talking about change making and patchwork efforts, because I imagine in your district sometimes you feel like you're swimming on an island by yourself. Yeah. Oh, occasionally. Yeah. And then how do you, why, why isn't everyone doing what we did with the innovation campus or what you're doing with personalized learning? Well, they started to explain that in ways, both from a foresight and then the policy work that we do, and then you know the power of practitioners actually doing the work. And I was like, wow, where have you been, right? And so I've called many, many colleagues in the post-secondary space, from Ed Surge to uh, you know uh, GFE to this meeting to say, you, know, you need to be in the space because you have as much responsibility to those middle schoolers and high schoolers in your district as you do to thinking about just whether they're college ready or not. It's really whether they're learning ready, yeah. what you're doing, yeah, which we're excited really about. Yeah, that's a nice shift of perspective to be learning ready and thinking about, yeah, the seamless transition throughout the learner's life. We're really good at thinking K-12 and then going, well, what about higher ed, right? And what about businesses? So that's And we really make up awesome. those barriers, right? Yeah. So those, those are somewhat artificial. Oh, yeah. So we've got leading companies, and, and one in the Kansas City region that's really out on the front front edge, Cerner Corporation. Yeah, they would say it takes 23 weeks to take a college graduate and get them to full associate status to work. If you could just simply cut that in half the time. So if we have a young person coming out of your district that has agency in their learning, they own it from a perspective, they're going to be much more competitive in a company like that because they know how to learn. That has efficiencies, that has retention, it's got all kinds of residual benefits. And that's why really the corporate sector needs to be investing in this space as much as because they are the, they're the beneficiary. Right. Right. They're, yeah, go ahead. So did you ever run into a situation where the age of the learner was another barrier for them engaging in that kind of learning experience? For my generation, perhaps, because, you know, Courtney, I'm going to guess you're a little younger than I am. <laughs> But I'll give you a quick example in, in a space like cybersecurity or uh, application program design. The Federal Reserve, which we're glad the Federal Reserve has some, you know, some uh, limits on who can work there, but they can't hire anyone under 18. Well, the power of these learners, and this has happened in the financial sectors, um, banks, and others. They'll actually, because they're so hungry for talent, and they see the capability of people who are learner-ready, they uh, they change their policies, right? So now, you know, you, you get into some fields where maturity matters. I mean, we've asked the question about um, new teachers. You know, it's kind of hard sure. to be a high school teacher if you're... Um, there's, you know, accrediting standards in some fields, like nursing. Um, but if you ask uh, those within kind of the front range of healthcare, uh, age isn't quite the factor. You see a lot of high school kids that have an incredible ability to work with senior adults. Yep. 
You know, and again, uh, it discounts how much maturity our kids are receiving by virtue of the the culture they're currently living. It's different. Right, that's true. So I, I think, Corey, there, there's limits, no, no question. We, yeah. we don't want to take middle schoolers and hire them into writing code for folks uh, quite yet, but they can. Yeah. Sure. They've got the competency. They do. They do. So, uh, so you know, it, it is, it, it, I think we're already uh, somewhat living the future. Uh, but what you're doing in Maine and, and certainly what this realm of attention to personalized learning, it, it really is making the difference for individual students for the rest of their lives, and that's why I'm kind of glad to be joining the space. Yeah. Oh, so, so we have our tagline for our podcast about the do-do's and don'ts of personalized learning, and we ask all our guests what their biggest do-do is. So thinking about personalized learning and... and, and either a knowledge works context or, or not, uh, what is your biggest do-do for personalized learning that, that everyone can benefit from? Yeah, you know, I, I, I've got to tell you, uh, one is um, collaboration and partnerships is absolutely critical. There's nobody who can do this work by ourselves. And so for a major do-do is roll up your sleeves, develop the trust required to work with others, and then believe that the work is possible and things can happen. Right, uh, and uh, you know, and, and then try not to step in doo doo either when you're doing the doo doo and not inflict pain, right? So you probably had some other guests tell you that, but uh, but I, I think uh, this is hard work. I mean, you've got uh, systems and traditions and the way we've always done it, kind of hanging over our heads. But you've got to believe it's possible to get it done. Outstanding. Thank you very much. This has been a great conversation. Wonderful to meet you. Oh, yes, and uh, you. I'm coming to Maine, so uh, I'm looking forward to our trip. Excellent. Yeah, good deal. Thank you. All right.